This podcast really belongs to Tish Above Afternoon, which might sound strange from the title if we're unfamiliar with the concept. But let's examine. Following the thunderclouds of which we've spoken, which of course was so relevant to the three weeks, as we find with the story of Choni Amargil, once the rains had fallen and the the systems were full of water, the wind blew, the clouds parted and the sun came out. The clouds have gone, the threat has gone, and there's sunshine once again. Ah, the fresh breeze, the wind, the ruach. That is the next song. And what is that song that the wind says? Surely it's going to be something about that. Well, no. Ruach Oimer, the wind says, Oimer Latsofoinateini. I will say to the north, give or give them over. Ulaseimon, and to the south, Altichloi. Don't hold back. Bring my children from afar, my sons from afar. Uvnoisai Mikter Aretz, and my daughters from the ends of the earth. So there we have it, north, south, east, and west, essentially. All the four directions. Now, that's interesting because it's clearly referring to the gathering of the exiles, which is very messianic. The gathering from the four corners of the earth, given as north, south, and then afar on the ends of the earth, but I guess we can call it north, south, east, west. And we've explained on a number of occasions that that number four, in terms of the spreading out in directions, is the maximum. Because northeast or northwest is only just a mixture of north and east and north and west. North, south, east, west are the only four totally separate directions. And we've noted before how this number four is manifest in many different areas. And the idea of the Jewish people, as you can actually see in its most real sense today, spread to the four corners of the earth, correspond to the four kingdoms, the four kingdoms, the four exiles that have ruled over us since the real Malchus, the Malchus of Israel, the Jewish kingdom was sent into exile because we weren't doing our job properly. And it's hinted to right at the beginning of Chumash, straight after it describes Barashas Baranakim and Sashim Amos Oretz, that Hashem created the heaven and earth. The Posik then says, Oretz in the land was Toihu, empty, Avoihu, and void, V'choyshech, dark, darkness, Alpanesa Hayim, on the face of endless depth. Four different phrases, each one referring to one of the exiles. Toyu refers to the Babylonian exile. Boyhu refers to the Persian media exile. Choyshech, darkness, refers to the Greek exile. And Tehoim refers to the Edomite Roman exile, which we find ourselves still today, according to most opinions. But what a lot of people don't know is if you look at the Medrash a little bit further, it says that the following words of Alpanei Hoim after that are the Ruach HaLekim, Marachefes Alpanei the Spirit of Hashem, was hovering over the waters. Do you know what the Medrash says? 
Ruach Elohim, this divine spirit, is the Ruach of Melech HaMashiach, is the spirit of the King of Mashiach, which is definitely going to need its own explanation and uh, perhaps another another share. But it's very interesting because the very word which implied the dispersion in the first place, the, the wind which blows to all directions, is the word Ruach, which is also Mashiach's spirit. That self-same thing, which is the dispersion and the ingathering. It's, I guess, unsurprising to us now after 109 previous podcasts that what looks like or what might look like a paradox, not really, well, it's going to be paradoxical, but it's going to have deliberately two opposite meanings. Tishabav, yes, was that day, which was a cloudy day, not literally, but in terms of the feeling, the cloud hanging over us. And yet, as is noted, and as we have noted, it's also described as Moshiach's birthday. Moshiach is meant to be born on Tishabav. But wait, if Moshiach is born on Tishabav, that means that 99% of us, well, not quite, but are ruled out straight away because if it's not your birthday on Tishabav, that's it, right? And not only that, if you look further, the Gemara says if you want to know Moshiach's name, it's either Menachem, Shiloi, Yinoin, or Hananiah, which is the acronym of Moshiach. Well, you know what? If you had a child who was born on that day, maybe call them Menachem, Shiloi, Yinoin, Hananiah, just to hedge your bets. But it's really strange because that means that Shlomo Melech, who could have been Moshiach, well, that wasn't his name, and I don't think his birthday was Tishavav, and Bar Kochba, Bar Kochba, who much, much, mis- we're very much mistaken by the people think that Rabbi Akiva and his colleagues made a mistake. They didn't make a mistake. Barakocha was went- meant to be Mashiach, but that I've only seen our Rabbin, we didn't merit it. Be aware of that. Well, that wasn't his name either. Menachem Shiloh, Yenuch Ananya. His birthday, I'm not aware. Chizkyo, I'm not aware that his birthday. So, what's going on here? So, to understand this a little bit, I want to bring the analogy, I guess, as as an Englishman, I understand the fact that the Queen's birthday is the 21st of April, I think it is, but is also described as being June or July, one of the two. Well, is it one or is it the other? Well, the answer is it's both. There is one which is her actual birthday, the one which the state recognises as the royal birthday. A champion is only called a champion in any competition once he has actually won that competition. If he or she has been training for years to become the national origami champion, however good they are, he or she is not called the champion until they've won it. Whether that means the judges conferring and deciding, whether it means they're announcing or everybody hearing the announcement, the fact is you can't officially call them champion until they are the champion. And herein lies the secret. It's Moshiach's birthday, and it could be any one of you. It's Moshiach's birthday because it is only at that point that Moshiach will become the Moshiach. You don't become Moshiach from just being born. You have to become it by earning it, by being on the level. We know this principle. When Moshe Rabbeinu was born, it takes great pains to say a man went from the house of Levi. He took a daughter from Levi. Why? 
so that we don't start thinking that there was some kind of divine intervention and it's somehow literally the son of God or anything like that. No, we don't say that. We say it's a human being born with human frailties who works on themselves. But come on, why does the birthday have to be on Moshiach? Oh, sorry, on Tishabav itself. And perhaps another time we could examine the names, those four names, which we just don't have time for now. But why on Tishabav itself? Is that just being deliberately dramatic? No, no, it's not. Because if you really want to rebuild something, if you want something that's actually new, the old has to be completely destroyed, except for the foundations. Foundations will hold it in place. Out of the ruins of the old is the new. If it's not totally knocked down, all you have is renovations. Yes, there is that famous philosophical debate that if the captain of a ship, or the builder of a ship is replacing the ship plank by plank, at which point does it become a new ship or a new boat? It's not clear. Is it when it's totally completed? When the first one is, is replaced? Is it halfway? Is it like the dog running into the forest? How far can it run into the forest? halfway because after that it's running out at which point really speaking the old has to be destroyed before the new can be called a new building you see it's the same with everything with rotting and growth the seeds need to rot before the, the, the seed before the plant can actually sprout out of it and even in Mason, the loose bone that little bone that remains, but everything else rots away. So yes, Tishrof is the most relevant because out of the ashes, out of the death, is born Moshiach. Out of the despair, out of the darkness, comes the redemption. Happy birthday, Moshiach.